1: back to the podcast to be named later i am chris willis and i'm again joined by my co-host and good friend Stephen talbert Stephen, we're back after a few weeks away uh but how are you doing tonight
0: i'm doing well chris it's good to be back with you man yeah it's been i think we just talked about it. it's been about a month since you and i kind of sat down and talked obviously we had the the playoffs and we did a bunch of different stuff for that but yeah it's good to be back it was a disappointing into the season obviously we'll get into it but that's just how it goes sometimes you don't always get you don't always get last year's results so uh but it's good to be back on with you buddy
1: yeah it's been too long honestly we uh we probably should have uh found a way to get back in here uh uh last week but honestly after uh after that disappointing end to the to the season you know i think it was uh it was good to just kind of recharge and uh you know kind of turn our attention to the to the postseason i think we'll be pretty regular from here uh on out at least for the next uh several months i think uh i think we can come up with enough stuff to talk about and we've got some other things that are uh, i'm trying to put together uh for the off season too so you know the podcast network is still going to we will not be we probably won't be coming with quite as many shows but uh we still got some good things um you know that we're lining trying to line up so um, but let's just uh, start with, obviously, with the the, um, the most obvious thing. Honestly, uh, you and I haven't really touched on uh, how the season ended. Um, it's disappointing. I don't think anybody could have saw that coming. Um, you know, I, I've tried to... I've tried to think about what to write about it uh what to explore about it but honestly i just keep coming back to you know they just picked a bad time for everything to go wrong and uh, you know and that's kind of that's kind of just where i'm at as far as it goes you know with the philly series because honestly it wasn't even that competitive um you know they just ran into a team that was playing really well and as we said you know the braves just didn't Braves just didn't perform really in any facet of the game, honestly, when you really look at it. They didn't score. They didn't pitch. Um, so, you know, I mean, that, when that happens, you know, this is, you get bounced, and um, and unfortunately, you know, that's what happened to Atlanta this time.
0: The playoffs are just so random. You just never know what's going to happen and who's going to show up, and, you know, had the Braves, the Braves team that played against the Mets right before the playoffs started, had that team showed up, then they might still be playing, but. You know, it was a much lesser version of the team that showed up, unfortunately, and you can't really, I mean, you really can't always control that. It's, sometimes it's just luck of the draw, kind of random, The you know, Major League Baseball's playoffs are notoriously random just because of that. I mean, baseball is a game that's, that's best observed over a long period of time, and, and you kind of get to you get to the truth of the matter over a long period of time. And, and obviously the playoffs have to be a, a very short period of time. And so it just opens up the the door to randomness and, you know, the Braves were on the good end of that last year. They they won multiple series that they probably shouldn't have won and, and they won a world series because of it. And, and this year they were on the, the bad side. They had a hundred, 101 win team and got bounced by a, an 87 win team. And that's just, that's the nature of the beast sometimes. But yeah, they just didn't play well at all. I mean, that was the, you know, that's probably the most annoying thing is they were just a shell of the team we saw all year, right? I mean, the starting pitching was such a strength all year. And it was just so bad against Philadelphia. I don't know why. I mean, Maxwood got sick, obviously, and that was probably bad timing. And then Spencer got hurt, and this was his first start in a while. And then Charlie just kind of had an up-and-down year. Thank God for Kyle Wright. I mean, we said that all year. And uh, he was kind of the only one that, that really shoved. But, yeah, the starting pitching was just such a strength all year. It was actually the strength of the team. There was just, you know, basically three non-competitive starts from from Max and Strider and Morton. And then the offense didn't show up either. I mean, well, there's a, I don't even remember what it was now, but it, I think it was only two or three guys that, that really showed up at all. And, you know, you don't pitch and you don't hit. It's tough to win. So... Yeah, it's a bummer. I really hated the season ended that way. I, you and I, I think a lot of us were kind of feeling the same after the series was over and the season was over. We were just kind of exhausted and and kind of tuckered out. It was a great season. Uh, before we get too deep into the offseason stuff, I do want to say that. I mean, I, I got some blowback on Twitter because I, I tweeted that, that it was a great season. People were saying, you know, if you lose the way they lost the playoffs and it wasn't a great season. And I just... I just don't agree with that at all. I think it was a great season. You know, you get bounced because of – you had a bad three games or a bad four games, that happens. But it was still a great season. It was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, wish it ended better, but still a really fun season. And, you know, the Braves as an organization have a lot to look forward to. I mean, they're just – they're set up as well as almost better than any team in baseball. So it was a great season. It was a lot of fun and just kind of a, a quick and abrupt ending.
1: Yeah, you kind of feel like uh, – you- you know i think anybody if uh going back to it if you know if you if you bow out to the dodgers or something i think it feels completely different to bow out to the a team from your own division that finished third in your own division and you know really wasn't a factor in the division race i think that stings um i do think there was a lot of people that uh you know the world series was a great thing brought a lot of people back to the Braves, uh but there was this misconception that you know this was world series robust and i mean the fact we're going to talk a little bit about it here in a minute but you know the fact is that nobody has repeated since the yankees in uh uh, when they won three straight at the end of the 90s uh 98 99 2000 um there's a reason for that i mean baseball's not like other sports um we've seen that repeatedly um you know, and, and they expand, you know, every time they expand this postseason, I think the randomness is just going to creep, uh, become even more of a factor. So, you know, like you said, it's a good season. Uh, a lot of things, uh, a lot of things happened. You know, they, they were able to run down the Mets. So that was an exciting race. Um, locked up a lot of guys, a uh, long-term, uh, had two, two, uh, rookies, uh, come from out of nowhere and have huge seasons, Michael Harrison, Spencer Strider, you know, just a lot of good things, uh, a lot of good things happened. But as you said, I mean, unfortunately, it, uh, you know, it just it came up on, it came up short when it mattered the most. And, um, you know, unfortunately that's what's going to dominate uh, probably a lot of the headlines. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of optimism going forward. And, uh, you know, it'll be spring training again before you know it. you got to remember,
0: like, think about how dominant the Dodgers have been over these last – you know, almost decade. How dominant the Astros have been. You know, both those teams only have one World Series win. You know, how dominant the Braves were in the '90s. They only had one World Series. I mean, it's tough to win these things. I mean, as the Astros, the Astros. If the Astros lose this series, that's three out of the last four that they've lost, all to NL East teams too, which would be funny. But um, you know, it's just they're just tough to win, man. They're just really tough to win, and so. World Series or bust is a really tough way to go through life. It's a really tough way to be a fan because baseball just doesn't work like that. You have got to be able to find joy, and you know when when your team doesn't win the World Series. You know you still have to be able to find joy out of the season, and it shouldn't be too hard to find. I mean, they won 101 games. I mean, my God, how you know that's it was a really fun six months, and especially the last four months to end the year. So um, yeah, it's just. It's a you know you always remember the way it ended most, what good or bad, it's kind of the the recency bias, human nature and so when it ends badly the, there's a there's a bad taste in everyone's mouth, but it was a good season. It was a really fun season
1: i want I want to talk about the playoff format uh, because that was a little bit of a hot button topic around the league, but you know before we before we kind of close this out, I think it was on our last episode or maybe the one before, but I mean, you went through a list of uh, basically everything that went wrong you know for this team and it was everything from uh you know um, uh, ian anderson ended up back in the minors you know, Ozzie Albies missing uh, over hundred game or nearly a hundred games with injuries, two different injuries. Um, you know, just all kinds of things like uh, Ronald Ronald's uh, return from ACL didn't go quite as good as we we were hoping. I mean, there were just a ton of things that happened that they overcame and still won one hundred and one games. Um, you know, so I mean, when you put it in when you put it all in perspective, like I said, it it, it was a good team. I think I still believe this team was probably. Uh, in better shape than last year's team. The World Series winning team, but, the, you know, that team just happened to catch lightning in a bottle at the right time. And, unfortunately, uh, you know, this year's team didn't. And, uh, you know, that to me this kind of the – that's just kind of how, you know, how it goes sometimes.
0: We talked about this at the beginning of the year, and Brad – I know Brad said this a few times and I'm sure other people did too but like there was a very good chance this team was going to be better than last year's team and not win the World Series right I mean that yeah. was that was a very realistic reality that that was going to happen and and that's exactly what happened this team was better by every measure than last year's team in the regular season and then you just you know you run into a hot team you play some of your worst baseball and you go home that's just how it is but there's no doubt that this team was better than last year's team it just the 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 little tournament at the end didn't go as well over six months this was a better team and you know when the little tournament at the end doesn't go the same way then it, it feels worse but um, this was a really good team and a really fun
1: season i think you know the the, the playoff format caught a lot of uh... A lot of talk, uh, especially after the Braves went out, the Mets went out in the first round of the Dodgers. I mean, we're just sitting here talking about how kind of how bad Braves fans feel, but imagine the Dodgers. I mean, they just absolutely ran away and dominated the uh, the National League. I mean, their their run differential was was ridiculous. Won 110 games and they lost in the first round. Um, so you know, three three hundred win teams uh, go out in the national league early and that's going to get people talking obviously the phillies are in the world series will start up friday uh they wouldn't even have been in the postseason if if the playoffs hadn't been in, hadn't been um expanded uh top two teams got buys um i thought that was that was an interesting line of questioning uh for brian snicker uh, you know, coming into the coming into the division series against the um, the Phillies, uh, it was asked a lot about the off days, and he it was like they needed they needed the off days because they had to lean heavily on that bullpen uh, through that Mets series, and you know, and right down the stretch, so they needed some off days. But he you know, he wasn't sure that they really needed five. Um, you know, that got a lot of a lot of attention. Uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know if I'm the layoff. To me, I don't know if the layoff was that big of a, of a difference. Uh, obviously, the Braves ended up with a bunch of day games, uh, which was unfortunate because you would think the division, defending World Series champion would have at least garnered one primetime uh, prime game. Uh, that for whatever reason, they struggled in day daytime, and it was something they were cognizant of because when they were holding – uh, workouts leading into the D- DS, they did them in the middle of the day, uh, a lot earlier. And uh, Snicker even said compared them to what they do in spring training. So, but you know, it didn't didn't work out there. But you know, what what was your thinking on the layoff for the top two seeds? Um, do you think that negatively affected things, or do you think it's just more playoff randomness uh, that just happened to uh, you know just happened to hit this year?
0: Let's be clear: every team in baseball, if given the choice between playing in the wildcard card round, or getting the layoff to set up their pitching would take the layoff to set up their pitching. And if you looked at any model before the playoffs started about which teams have the best chance of winning, the teams that had the best chance of winning were the teams that did not have to play in the wild card round. I get that a layoff is bad and it can lead to rust, but I mean the Braves you gotta remember last year the Braves had like a four day layoff. Before they played DNLDS against the Brewers, right? I mean, they ended the season on a Sunday, and I don't think game one was until Friday last year. So it was almost the exact same layoff, and, and last year, obviously, they won the whole thing. So I really don't put much stock in it. I mean, they just didn't play well. I mean, that's just what it is. Uh, you know, there is a conversation to be had about the format overall. You know, we said this back in the offseason when expanded playoffs was a conversation. The more teams you add, the more random it gets. I mean, That's just the nature of it. That's how it works. That's how baseball works. That's really how any sport works. I mean, the more teams you add, the harder it is to win the championship and the more likely it is the best teams don't win. And in baseball is a sport where the best team already doesn't win most of the time. Listen, the best way, if you really want the best teams to win, the best way for that to happen is that there's not a playoff at all. That, you know, you go kind of European soccer style and whoever has the best record at the end of the, season as the champion or or maybe you take whoever has the best two records and let them play in the World Series against each other. But, you know, every team for every team that you add after that, you add a layer of randomness that really can't be accounted for. Even if you made them all seven game series, it wouldn't matter. I mean baseball is just as random in five games as it is in seven. So you know, and and major league baseball is never going to give back the playoff games. Like the players agreed to it these games are cash cows for the league baseball is never giving these games back they're never gonna reduce the number of teams or reduce the number of games um, that's just you can't put the genie back in the bottles this is the this is the new reality and you know I think the buys I think that was a big deal because it does still give you incentive to build great teams and I think as teams as we get used to this format teams will get more comfortable with the, the layoff and but again the layoff was really not that different than the layoff. Of previous years so I, it's not a big factor to me I just think the Phillies were hot got hot at the right time I do think the fact that the Braves and the Mets had to really had to basically play playoff baseball since June to win the division I think that did end up hurting both teams I think both teams were pretty exhausted there's also been times where the Braves clinched very early got to rest everybody and then came in and, and were flat as well and so there's really no magic formula to it you just you hope you're hot the playoff start the Phillies were hot the Braves weren't and that's all she wrote
1: yeah and i mean that's a good point and that's something i wanted to mention too and i absolutely nobody said this afterwards uh, but i did wonder as you alluded to i mean the Braves chased the mets essentially from opening day to right up at the end of the season to that final three game series and in, in uh well even longer than that into that series in miami you know when it finally was clinched up so um you know, I mean, and that has to be a grind. I remember the '93 Braves. You know, the big—they ran down the Giants. Uh, the Giants won 100—I don't remember 102 games—and went home. You know, because there was no wild card then. And I—and that Braves team went out in the first round against the Phillies in in a lot similar fashion. You know, when you look at it, um, and they—they they did cite you know the fact that they just. They they left it all out there trying to run run down to to make the postseason. You know, I said, I wonder if that's a little bit. You know, it's like when the Braves clinched. Did the you know the foot go completely go off the uh, pedal? Because I mean that's what, one thing I just kept coming back to. When especially when you were looking at them offensively, and this is not to take anything away from the Phillies, who you know who had two great pitchers and and the bull you know and they were able their starters were able to get it to the back half of the, their bullpen that was solid. Uh, but the Braves looked gassed. You know, they looked they looked uh, worn down offensively. And, um, you know, I just think, you know, maybe that was something to it. And, I mean, what you can say to that is you just got to play better the first two months. I mean, we've seen this team now for two straight years come out of the gate slow, uh, struggle, take a long time to get together. And then when they take off, they take off, you know. But, uh, you know, I think, like you said, I mean, we talked about on this podcast. It was like down the stretch, it felt like the playoffs because any night they lost, it was like, uh, you know, the season was over. I mean, it was so much pressure for a regular season. You know, and I can't remember. I can't remember it ever being like that. But you know, it just felt like the margin for error was was uh, just little to none. And um, you know, and, and credit them, they were able to they were able to pull it out at the end. But I do wonder how much that chase really took out of them over the long haul. Yeah,
0: and hey, you know, the Braves get the Braves have a, a nationally geese banner to hang because of how the, well they played down the stretch and I mean imagine being the Mets the Mets went through the exact same thing the Braves did except the Mets don't have any banner to hang and were knocked out around earlier so you know it's cruel baseball's cruel sometimes it happens um, you really do have to zoom out and, and, and view the season as a whole and not just what happened in the last series but I know a lot for a lot of fans that's hard to do and especially hard to do immediately after it'll take some time but the chase, the chasing the Mets down, definitely affected them. They'll never admit it, but you know that's just baseball. That's really all it is. It's baseball, and that's just how the breaks go sometimes. And again, you said it. I, I want to make sure we give full credit to the Phillies. I mean, they they dog walked the Braves for for well, the Braves won one game, but for the other three games, it really weren't all that competitive. So, I mean, the Phillies just just destroyed them, honestly, and so. Credit to them, man. They played really well, and um, you know they've got a chance now to, to win a whole win the whole thing. So, um, but I would I would hope that Braves fans, at least after a little bit of time, can at least appreciate what this team did and, and how fun the season was. It might not be immediate, but uh, hopefully, eventually, people will be able to to really appreciate it
1: last thing on kind of on the playoff format you know i don't think either of us was too excited about the prospect of expanding it but as you said earlier it's not going anywhere now um maybe they come back at some point and tweak the you know tweak the uh, um alignment maybe they reseed. i don't know there there's things uh there were a lot of hot takes online uh after especially after the dodgers got beat i felt like that had a lot to do with it uh too and then um but you know, I don't really feel that way. Um, you know, I think if you did it all over again, you'd want to see the Braves grind to try to get that by. Um, you know, I think every team's going to do that. You know, you look at look at the Astros, it's worked out well for them. Uh, they've set their pitching. You know, they, they got through it just for some reason in the National League. You know, it, it didn't work out. So I think, you know, I think we need to see this format a, a few more seasons, you know, before we make – Any sharp uh, assumptions, but you know it's just like you said. Though I mean, I can remember sitting there listening to podcasts when the uh, when the uh, the playoffs began in 2021, and you know the first week, a prominent uh, national writer was like, "Well, are you gonna? Is anybody gonna pick one of these teams from the NL East?" And it's not a week. Ten days later, it's like, "Well, I think the Braves might be able to win this." You know, that's just how quick things can change. So you know, it's just. uh, Did you have any? Did you have any hot takes or, you know, feelings about the, uh, the format, you know, the race down the stretch? I think one thing, one backdrop with the Braves and Mets was you knew whoever, it didn't really matter because both teams were going to the postseason. I know it got, got a little bit interesting with the Phillies, Padres and Brewers over the last week uh, or, or so there. Um, but, you know, it did feel like it kind of sapped some of the juice out of the out of the chase, I think, a little bit. But, you know, I'm not real sure that if you just had two less teams, if that would have changed that much either. So, you know, what what was your thoughts overall on the expanded postseason?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've never – I said this all the way through the offseason, but I, I'm, I've never been a, a really big fan of expanded playoffs just for the reason that I mentioned earlier. You know, the more teams that you add – the more random it gets. So um, that's why I wasn't a fan of it back when it was part of the CBA negotiations. But they did the best they could. They they had to get a CBA done. The owners wanted expanded playoffs, and I think the players did a pretty good job of, of trying to maintain some regular season ability by making sure the top two teams get buys. And I know that didn't seem like a big deal. But, you know, no one talks about the fact that the Mets – yeah, the Mets and the Cardinals were both really good teams all year. They didn't get the bye. They had to play immediately and they went home too, right? Everybody talks about the fact that the Braves and the Dodgers had these layoffs and you know, is that what cost them? But the Mets didn't have a layoff. The, the Cardinals didn't have a layoff. They played immediately and they still went home. So, you know, I I just I think people a lot of times are searching for meaning in chaos and and the You know, you really, in in October, you just got to embrace the chaos because there's really not a lot of, there's not a lot of signal. It's mostly just noise. It's mostly random. And that's what makes it entertaining. That's what makes it fun. You know, this is not the NBA where you can pick who's going to be in the NBA finals, you know, once the season starts, basically. I mean, there is a lot of kind of coin flip, happenstance, you know, randomness in, in, in MLB playoffs and for better or for worse, it is part of the entertainment value, and and at the end of the day, this is a, a sport that main got main job is to entertain its fans, and so I don't hate it as much as other people hate it. I I was not a fan of expanded playoffs, you know, as at least conceptually. I think the players did as good a job as they could do to to help kind of live in both worlds where the the regular season matters and the playoffs are as big as the owners want them. Um, but I I'm not gonna just crush the playoffs because the Braves and the Dodgers lost. I mean that's just that happens. It really does happen. the The best team very rarely wins. The Braves were on the right side of it last year. Braves fans should know better than anybody exactly how, just how random these playoffs can be, and and, and sometimes it's in your favor, and sometimes it's not. And so I, I, I'm not a fan of playoffs being expanded overall, but I think the players did as good a job they can do, and and I think eventually it'll it'll calm down, and people will just kind of enjoy it for what it
1: is Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Turning our focus to the off season, um, you know the Braves. It's going to be an interesting ride. I've I've got an article coming out. Probably Friday that kind of sets the stage for where everything stands with the roster. The biggest question, obviously, is going to be uh, uh, Dansby Swanson. We're going to talk about shortstop position in this episode just a little bit. But one thing, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting uh, to talk about first is, is the payroll. Uh the Braves carried uh one of the high the highest payroll they've ever had uh this season. I've seen it I think it depends on actually where you where you look. But the Braves were a top ten. I've seen eighth, I've seen ninth at two different publications. MLB Trade Rumors released an article. I'll include it in the show notes uh for this. Uh but it kind of broke down the salary um uh, uh structure that the Braves have going into the off season. Um you know, I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, Justin Toscano of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution had an interview with Terry McGurk. Um, he said, uh, McGurk had said, if you remember, I, I didn't remember this, actually, and I looked it up today. McGurk had said they wanted to have the Braves have a top 10 payroll before the season, and, and that, that proved out, you know, to be the case. Uh, in this interview, he said, uh, and I'll quote, uh, reading from the article, my goal now is to get to be a top five payroll team. That was pretty significant, you know, and, um, uh, when you think about that and you think about where this team's been, you know, before the, uh, rebuild and, and cut salary and, um, what our everything, uh, everything that, you know, you know, comes with that. That's something we've never really had to consider. It's been a long time since the Braves were in that, in that, uh, ballpark with that. Um, I mean, it's, you know, they've locked up a ton of guys, um, you know, payroll's going to go up, uh, you know, because you've got guys that are making, you know, uh, $2 million, and then suddenly they're going to make $15, 20000000 obviously. But, you know, I think you've, you've seen the effect of the battery uh, having a full ballpark. I think they had 41 sellouts this year, and that's not counting what's going on in the battery, you know, at the same time the games are. Uh, but what are your kind of what are your thoughts on on payroll? And um, I think MLB trade rumors had it roughly estimated with arbitration right at about one ninety three currently for uh, opening day. You know, I think an, an interesting discussion is is with all these extensions. You know, it's uh, it's almost it's over uh, roster resources. Got it? I think at two hundred seventeen for luxury tax purposes. I mean, there's a good chance that the Braves could be in the tax for the first time. Ever that I can remember, um, so you know, I mean, there's speculation. I mean, if they're going to be really top five, you know, I don't think they're they're they can they're shut out of anything this off season. You know, what are your, you know, I think we've talked about a little bit about this uh, in the past, but you know, where are you as far as uh, McGirt's comments and um, you know, and just where the where the uh, salary structure is headed, uh, it seems this off season.
0: Yeah, it was interesting to to hear his comments obviously, you know, when you follow through, you know, he had talked about being a top 10 payroll for a while and, and they actually, they did it, you know, they pulled it off and obviously winning the world series helped, and all the revenue that came from that and kind of that, that led into this year where, where they basically sold out. I don't know if they sold out every home game, but they sold out damn near every home game and they were, they had a massive attendance year and, you know, at least so far they've they've kind of kept their word and payroll has gone up as you know as revenue has gone up so has payroll so I don't really see any reason why that would stop now I mean they definitely have you know they've this is the highest payroll they've ever started the season with in terms of what they're going to start next year with I mean even if they didn't make a single addition they would already have the highest opening day payroll in team history so and like you said that's Depending on who you look at, where you look, it's somewhere between 190 million, 210 million. You know, depending on whether you're looking at just pure salary, if you're looking at tax tax implications. But you know that the Braves are already in, they're already in a a stratosphere that I didn't really ever think I'd see. Quite honestly, you know, I'm. We can all remember not not too long ago that there was. You know they were in the 120, 130 million dollar payroll range, and, and that felt like a lot. They were kind of stretched at that point, and so to see this now, where they're they very easily could go into next year's opening day with a, a, a payroll over 200 million is is wild to see, and I think we will see it because the Braves the Braves have they have holes to fill. I mean they've got to find a shortstop, unless they go trade for somebody who's still. You know, pre arb or, or arbitration, then it's going to be pretty expensive. Assuming they get somebody at the level that they had last year, obviously, with his, whether it's Dansby or whoever it is, you know, the, the either Dansby or, or a player at his level is going to be expensive. And so, you know, I, I don't see, a, I really don't see a scenario where the Braves don't have one of the biggest perils in baseball going in next year. I mean, they're kind of already locked into that, quite honestly. So I'm excited about it. It means you know the Braves don't have a ton of a ton of room this offseason just because they they really did lock up so many players and you know they went ahead and gave Charlie Morton 20 million dollars for for next year and and so that's obviously already factored in but technically that's a that's a move that you know obviously could have happened in the in the winter time they just did it in October instead but you know they're I really do think they're going to be one of the biggest payrolls of baseball next year. They should be. I mean, that's what this, this team is in the middle of a World Series window. They're not playing for the future. They're not thinking about what this team can be 10 years from now. This team is ready to win now, obviously. That's what they should do. They should be aggressive. I think they'll be aggressive in free agency. Um, they don't have a ton of ammunition in the trade market just because they've spent so much of their prospect capital elsewhere. But I do think they'll be aggressive in free agency, and you know we we'll, we we can get to the specifics of it later. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fully. I, I don't see. I think the Braves front office has earned the benefit of the doubt. I think Alex is maybe the best um, VP of baseball personnel or, or VP of baseball ops. Um, I think he's the best guy in the business. You know, you could probably argue for you know a few other guys, but I think. He, I think the Braves have one of the best front offices of baseball. I think they do have an ownership that has at least started to spend. you know I've been very critical of Liberty media in the past just because they they oftentimes did not spend even though they had the capability to do so and and if that was the case that's I would say the same thing. I, I don't carry water for ownership by any stretch but I I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt they quite literally put their money where their mouth was this last off season, and even, you know, this season, you know, adding a glacius at the deadline was a very expensive move in terms of ownership level and, and how much money they committed. And, you know, they did it anyways. And so I think they've shown a willingness to do it. Um, and I think they'll continue to do so. I, I can't imagine they, they came all this way to stop here. And if revenue is, is as high as it seems like it is with you know, them basically printing money at at Truist Park these days, then I really do think you'll see a a continued growth in payroll. And so the question just becomes, how high are we talking? Are we talking 220? Are we talking 230? Are we talking 250? It it does kind of, you know, it, it does indicate who you can go after and who you can't. And so it's going to be a fascinating off season in that regard. The Braves are going to be at the highest payroll they've ever been. And so that's, that's fun to see. It's cool to see, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think other fans should be excited about it. And I do think the Braves will have an active winner. I, I don't think they'll be as active as other teams that, that have to be active. The Braves don't necessarily have to be that active. They just, they brought, they're bringing so many players back because of, you know, they're already under team control and, and already a really good team, but there's some key areas that the Braves do need to shore up. And so, You know, I don't know if it'll be a ton of moves, but I think the moves they do make will be impactful. And, you know, that's because they've kind of I mean, in my opinion, they've they've held to their word and and payroll has risen like they said it would. So when he says it's going to be a top five payroll, then I believe
1: Uh, it. It is interesting how that narrative's changed, as you said. I mean, I can remember even back to 2018, the question was always, you know, what would they do enough, you know, to get over the hump? Um, obviously, and, you know, and it's not that we're not that far removed from 2020 where basically, you know, their, their trade deadline was adding Tommy Malone because, you know, word was, they were just pretty, they didn't have have the money to spend as far as the budget goes, you know, playing those games without, without fans. But it is refreshing, you know, when you look back and you see that, um, Alex Anthopoulos had the, had the ability to go out and make those trades in 2020, 2021 that uh, at the trade deadline, you know, the added salary and, and uh, enabled them to make a run to a World Series. And then this season, it's just continued. I mean, Austin Riley gets the biggest contract, um, you know, in, in the franchise history. Uh, you know, you trade for Matt Olson, you lock him up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions about that Matt Olson trade, uh, especially when, you know, the thinking was that he's going to, you know, just enter a free agency in two years down the line. And they just ended that, signing him to a long-term deal the next day. Um, you know, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider locked up, um, you know, it's just it, it, it's been it's been refreshing to see them reinvest. Uh, you know, the, I know their the battery, uh, the move promise of moving to the stadium is it would enable them to to uh, increase payroll. And, you know, so far they've done it. And like you said, I, you know, I think that's I think that's refreshing. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and as you pointed out, too, you know, there's there's work to be done. Um, but the way they've built this team and set themselves up, they can be targeted. It's not like they have to go out and get a, uh, shortstop, a left fielder, a right fielder and, and two pitchers, you know, it's, they can, they can look at the areas that they can, um, you know, they can shore up and can have be as the most impactful and, uh, you know, make, make a a splashy move now, whether before, you know, it was just about applying band-aids all over the diamond, it seemed like so, um. You know the biggest question in of the offseason, season, obviously, is at shortstop. Um, I never did think once the once the season got going, you know, I didn't I didn't really think that there was a chance that Dansby Swanson was gonna gonna sign an extension. He's typically when players get this close to free agency, they at least test the waters. Um, I still feel kind of. I don't know. I kind of feel still pretty good about the possibility of him coming back. Uh, Again, I'll say the same thing. I said the same thing right up until they traded for Matt Olson uh, in regards to Freddie Freeman. So, you know, maybe I'm not the best person to ask. Um, It still feels like, to me, the easiest thing to do would be to pay him. Um, But, you know, as we've seen, you know, once it gets this far along, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So... Uh, But at some point, somebody's got to play the shortstop, you know, and I don't think this is a situation where they're going to be willingly ready to hand the keys over to Vaughn Grissom as as a World Series contender. Um, You know, I don't think this is a situation where you're going to see Orlando Arcia as the as a starting shortstop. So if it's not Swanson, it's got to be somebody else. Uh, but where do you, you know, I know we're we're probably a couple of weeks away from free agents filing uh, or after the World Series. Uh, there'll be an exclusive negotiating period um, before, you know, they can actually test the market. Where are you at with Swanson? Do you think, you think there's a good chance the Braves bring him back? Um, do you think that, you know, they're going to be looking elsewhere?
0: Listen, the, the first thing we have to start with is the fact that Danceby is basically the only position player on the team that's been with the team for any length of time that doesn't have an extension, right? And so the natural question to ask is why? Why did Ozzie get one and why did Ronald get one and why did Olsen get one and why did Riley and, you know, Harris, why did all these guys get extensions and Dansby didn't? And it's not that hard of a question to answer. You look at Dansby's career, we basically, you know, we're seven years into this and we still, to this day, even though we have a little better idea than we did maybe two years ago, but we still to this day don't exactly know what kind of player Dansby is. I mean, I think we can settle on the fact that he is a really good defensive shortstop and that matters a lot. And it matters even more in a world where, you know, the shift is, is banned and, and the talent of your individual, individual uh, defenders is, is even more important. And so that's going to help him a lot in free agency, but, Offensively, we still don't know what he is, and, and even this year, he had that great first half. He had like a 130 WRC plus in the first half, and then he had like an 84 WRC plus in the second half. And, you know, that's, that's kind of been his M.O. for most of his career. And listen, when these teams give big money deals to players, especially when they're 28, 29, 30, you're mainly paying for offense. I mean, that's what you're paying for because defense typically doesn't age very well. And teams know that they're, they're paying for offense. You know, that's why guys like Harper and Arenado and, you know, Mookie Betts and, you know, even Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman. That's why the guys like these get these contracts is because the teams that give them to them know that they're going to hit. And with Dansby, do you actually know that he's going to hit? That's the question. And that's, I think that's why he hasn't gotten uh, an extension. Um, I think that's why the Braves kept going year to year. They, they were just waiting and waiting and waiting to see some sort of sign that, okay, this is who this guy is. This is. We can at least put a dollar amount to it and then see if he'll agree to that. And, you know, it was just so – it was always so up and down with him offensively that you could just never really pin down what you're going to get and therefore – finding a number that made sense was just that much harder and obviously once he got to this year and Dansby you know was basically the second or third best defensive player in the league he had a really strong offensive first half and he kind of parlayed that into a you know basically a six win season and the best season of his career and guys don't typically sign extensions when they just had the best season of their career you know in their walk year and so that's what Dansby kind of set him up set himself up for his teams are going to be very interested I think the Braves just decided like you know let's just see what the open market says about Dansby and then make a decision then I think Dansby does want to come back you know unlike Freeman he is an Atlanta kid and so I do think he's got more of a tie to the area and all things being equal would would prefer to sign with the Braves so I think the Braves know that even if he gets a big offer in the off season, they'll at least get a chance to match it if they want to and and that way, you just know you let the market decide. You know, is is whatever number he says. You know, is that worth it to you? And so you can make a decision then. But yeah, if it's not him, it's very. It gets. That's where it gets very interesting because I agree with you. I don't think there's an internal option. I don't think Von Grissom is the guy, or, and I don't, or even if he is the guy, I don't, I don't think the team thinks he's the guy. So um, that's. You're going to have to go outside the organization for your starting shortstop, and there's some obviously big names on the on the market, but they're going to be very expensive. And so, I'm, in, I'm very interested in what they do. I would not be surprised if they know they have to spend big money anyways. They spend their money for the offensive player more than the defensive player, just knowing how defensive ages. You know, I, I, I do think maybe a guy like Correa or, or Trey Turner makes more sense just because, again, you can count on their offense more. Um, and if you're going to have to pay big money – and Dansby's going to get big money. I mean, Dansby's going to make nine figures in this deal. He's going to make over a $100 million. So this will not be cheap unless they don't sign one of the, the big four. It's not going to be cheap. So, you know, I could see a scenario where the Braves say, listen, we've got to pay nine figures anyways – we'd rather give that we'd rather put that money in into a you know a player that we know is at least going to hit and if their defense ages poorly then we at least got a bat so but we'll see i could be dead wrong they could love dansby and and lock him up day one of free agency so you never know with alex but it's going to be fascinating and that's i mean that's far and away the the number one story of the offseason
1: yeah and i mean you made a lot of good points there and um I am kind of interested to see what Swanson gets, and if if that second half impacts him any, any at any point. You know, as far as negotiations go, to me he kind of looks like the fallback option. I would worry, you know, a team like the Dodgers loses Trey Turner, can they get then they plug Swanson in? Especially if he ends up getting less than what a lot of people a lot of people think he's going to get. Um, you know, and and you made a good point too. You know, if you if you just bring back Dansby also then you know you're kind of looking at you kind of look at running back the same team as with a more expensive payroll you know in a lot of ways uh you know if you if you want to go out and get a um, you know one of the top line shortstops you know then that's a that's a way to improve obviously we yeah. we're, we're going to talk about the outfield and, and uh, some other areas of the of the roster later on uh you know there's other areas they can improve as well but you know it is there is a sense of uh just running it back you know with the more expensive same pieces with more a higher payroll you know that may not be as um as uh as appealing you know, you mentioned Carlos Correa. I've seen, you know, we've seen this a lot. I don't remember who had the report, but you know, after he signed, took the one year or took the the short deal with the Twins, um, and he can opt out and become a free agent. I don't think there was ever any question that he's going to opt out unless he got hurt. You know, that was the only situation where he was going to be staying in Minnesota uh, beyond one season. You know, I've seen a lot of speculation online. People are talking about, well, if he'll take a short deal, well, you know, that's the thing. He's not sh- taking a short deal this time. He's 28 years old. You know, he wanted 300 million last year. He didn't get it. He took the short deal, uh, put up good numbers again. He'll re-enter it this time. He may not get the 300 this time either, but I feel like you know he's going to take 250, 260, 270 if he has to. You know, this time uh, he's going to take that long-term deal. He's going to be looking for that security, and his agent Scott Boris. You know, so um, you know, it, I think the Braves. You know, obviously, if this top-five um, talk is is legit, um, you know, they could swing big here. You know, I, I think they could. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's real. It's something they could do. It's it's kind of the same thing you and I have talked about in regards to Jacob Degrom. You know, when just just kind of dreaming about it. You know, but we've not seen them make this type of move maybe they've not been set up for it and they are now um so you know i think it's interesting you know i i wouldn't you know i wouldn't want to predict it but you know I, at the same at the same time it's not impossible and it, you know it is kind of intriguing to think about uh you know i wonder correa's 28 i wonder how long he could possibly stay at shortstop You know, I wonder if the drop off there, but the offense is real. I mean, he had 140 weighted runs created plus again this season. Um, You know, 22 homers. You know, I think he. You know, he's one of the best offensive uh, shortstops in the game, and he's kind of had played 136 games. You know, that's one thing. I think he's. There's been some health questions there in the past, but you know, no doubt. Like you said, you pay for offense, and I think you know, Correa's the type of guy that you could go that route with.
0: And I was thinking about this today. Actually, uh, I knew we were going to talk about this. I was trying to think of, you know, angles or points that haven't been made about it. But Snitker got very used to batting Dansby second at times, especially in the second half when he kind of turned back into normal Dansby. That, that hurt because Dansby, probably his true talent level is probably just a league average hitter, maybe a little better, but his on-base percentage really kills him. You know, he's not a huge walk guy. He, he kind of survives on... The little bit of power that he does have, and if Alex is afraid that that Snit might just get used to batting him second, that's a very high spot in the order for for just a league average hitter. With Acuna not having the year that he wanted, and Olson not having the year that he wanted, and and Riley definitely not having the second half that he wanted, you know, I do wonder if they they do want a little more offense, just in case, uh, just in case Ronnie is still not fully back, just in case Matt Olson you know, is a good hitter, maybe not a great hitter. And in case, you know, Alex might be worried about, you know, Snit batting Dansby second kind of full time. And if he's a league average hitter, you, you, you really don't want that. I mean, to be quite honest, you don't, you need something better than that at the top of your lineup. And so, and, and like you said, you know, I, I do think the Braves have been hesitant to do these big deals in the past, mainly because they, they're just not, they weren't set up for it. But if they're ever going to be set up for it, it would be now be after a world series and after a, a record-breaking attendance year and and so i do i do think there's a chance that they could basically tell Korea or, or even trey turner like you know what's it going to take and i think they could realistically get there but it could be wrong they could they could re-sign Dansby. they could go a, a route that we're not even talking about go a player we're not even thinking about alex has certainly been known to do that but You know, I do wonder from an offensive perspective, especially kind of in the post-Freddie Freeman world, when you're kind of looking at the offense, and let's be real, the offense was up and down this year. You know, when Acuna doesn't have the year that he wanted and Olsen doesn't have the year he wanted, the offense isn't going to be consistent, and it certainly wasn't this year, and it wasn't in the postseason. And I could see a scenario where they want more offense, just plain and simple. They want more offense on the team. And, you know, if shortstop is the easiest way to do that, then that, you know, I could definitely see that happening. All right, Chris. Well, we're gonna do, we're gonna do our Twitter mailbag, like we kind of end every show with. And um, I sent out the tweet a little earlier, asking just well, anybody had any questions, especially about the off season, since I knew that's kind of where we would end tonight. Um, and I've got one, and this one I felt like was interesting because it's not really one I thought about. It's kind of a guy that I forgot about, honestly. But I'll ask you, get your thoughts on it, um, Jake. Uh, ask, are you at all interested in bringing Adam Duvall back if the deal is right in terms of money and
1: years? That's a good question, and it just so happens, you know, I was thinking about that today because uh, I was writing that article. I do, I do wonder. Um, you know, I, I've seen, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, uh, I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about the outfield. That's probably next week's uh, uh, show. But, uh, you know, if you look at the depth chart currently, you know, I've got Eddie Rosario penciled into left field. You know, obviously, there's a ton of question marks with Rosario, and he hardly saw any left-handers this year. Um, you know, Adam Duvall's going to come cheap this time. I think one of the appealing things for him is he can play all three outfield spots reasonably well. Has good right-handed bat. I wouldn't be shocked. I honestly would not be shocked if they if they bring him back uh, on a deal. And I think you know, at a lesser extent, you know, if if it's not Duvall, you know, Mike could be robbie grossman especially if they're really interested in a platoon situation in in left field you know with uh with rosario uh i think if you get Duvall, there's a chance Duvall can play a little more we get a little more rope to play every day uh, at times but um you know all this all this kind of contingent to on what happens with marcelo zuna but um you know, I would not. I I hadn't thought about him a lot, uh, honestly down the stretch, um either. Uh, but you know, I really wouldn't be surprised that surprised if, you know, they they worked out a reunion on a on a one year deal, maybe with a club option. You know, that's kinda Alex's thing right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with all that. The only thing I'll add is that Snit Sticker just is absolutely, absolutely loves Adam of Duvall. I mean, absolutely loves it. Thinks the world of him. And Adam is definitely a candidate for one of these kind of one-year deal, kind of show-me deals, just because he had such a rough season and then got hurt. So I think there's a real chance. I think that's a good question. I, I, I definitely see a world where Adam Duvall is on the Braves next year. Okay, number two, Robert Mosley asks, assuming Von Grissom is not going to be the starting shortstop, which I think most of us are assuming, what is his role next year? Does he stay in AAA? Is it better to get him developed? Or do you risk putting a young player on the bench not knowing how many at-bats you can get him?
1: kind of got in my head maybe he starts the season at AAA next year. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he does get some outfield time. You know, I know that's been speculated yeah. a lot, but um, but, again, you've got a guy like Eddie Rosario who's getting paid $9 million. Not that, that, not that that's the end-all, be-all, but I think Rosario is going is, you know, to, as things stand now, it looks like Rosario is going to get every chance um, to prove that you know, this year was an outlier. You know, I think, I think they're going to want Grissom. It was a little different down the stretch because it was so late in the season and, and Gwinnett's season was uh, coming to a close. But you know, you're not going to want Grissom sitting around um, playing once or twice a week, um, you know, which is a whole another topic. You know, the Braves. I think you and I have both talked about that the Braves could you uh, could could uh, rest some guys a little more often than what they have in the past. But I don't. You know, you won't you won't some see him as consistent playing time. And if they think he's gonna he can still play shortstop, you know, he needs to be he needs to be playing uh, shortstop at Gwinnett at least to start if there's an injury he hits his way to the majors then you know you can it's a good problem to have it's kind of the way i look at it but uh um you know i think the only thing if if they really wanted to do the super utility thing i'm not even sure he's good enough defensively yet uh, you know to consider that but you know, if if you start seeing him move around in, in uh, spring training, then maybe, you know, maybe there's a chance he breaks camp. But uh, without an injury, I kind of got him at – I, th- I kind of see him starting the year at Gwinnett as shortstop there. Yeah,
0: that last point you made I think is the big one. The one that I was thinking of the whole time was, like, he's just not a great defender. And, you know, most super utility guys are not only a good defender at one position, but they're a good defender at multiple positions. So I don't know if that role really fits him. I, I'm a hundred percent agreement with you that, I, if he's not starting somewhere on the big league club next year, and I don't really see how he is, and he's the he's the starting shortstop at Gwinnett. So, but we'll see. We've been wrong before. Last one. Um, what are they going to do with Ian Anderson? He had a obviously a really bad year. He went down to Gwinnett, didn't really struggle even after getting demoted, and then he got hurt. And it it kind of seems like the organization has moved on, but. What are your opinions? What are they going to do with Ian Anderson?
1: I don't think they've moved on yet, um, but I do think it's going to be an interesting competition uh, right now. I mean, it looks like barring an unfortunate injury, you know, you're going to come to spring training with Max Freed, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, and Spencer Strider as, as four, with four spots of the rotation. Uh, you know, that's and then you're going to have competition between Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka, Kyle Muller, Bryce Elder, you know, for that last spot, and that's kind of where it's at. You know, I think if if Ian can regain form again, then you know, I don't. I think there's a good chance. You know, he could he could earn that spot back. Um, but you know, it was just a lost season for him this year. And uh, you know, there's real question question marks. He's got to rediscover that uh, command. I think his velocity was down a tick. I haven't looked lately, but I, you know, it was just. Uh, he just seemed like he was behind. He was one of the guys that were behind. From the start, I think the shortened spring hurt him. And if you remember, you know, at 2020, at the end of the 2021 season, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a shoulder issue, uh, pitched all right in the postseason, but you know, uh, to me, he's just not, hasn't looked right in a while, but I don't think they've given up on him yet. Um, but you know, I think there's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting deal because, um, uh, you know, elder was very impressive down the stretch, Kyle Muller probably did is everything you could have asked him to do at Gwinnett, but yet it was still elder down the stretch and not Mueller. Um, you know, I kind of feel like if there's a trade, you know, maybe Mueller's in it, um, you know, but uh, it should be quite a battle for that, that last rotation spot. Yeah.
0: That was actually one of the questions that I didn't ask was somebody was asking about the, the triple arms and what they're going to do. And, you know, listen, you can never have too much pitching. I mean, there's no such thing as, as too much pitching and, um, but I agree with you. I don't, I don't think they've given up on Ian Anderson, but you know, especially if they add a starting pitcher this year, and you know, sometime in the winter, then it's it does it is tough to see a role for him going forward. You know, unless there's some sort of entry. and that's before we even talk about Soroka and what he could potentially provide next year. So, yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, I think Ian's gonna have a long road back. He's gonna have to pitch in the minors for a while, unless he just comes out in spring training and just dominates and, and the Braves have an open roster spot, I think he's going to have to prove himself in AAA, but it'll be interesting. They're not going to give up on him. He's too young. He's, had, he's pitched too many big games for the Braves over the years to just completely kind of toss aside.
1: God, I've got one question, too, that uh, uh, somebody sent my way uh, today when you run this. So I, and it's a quick one, so I want to I throw it out there, too. And it's an inter- it's a good question because it's something we've never had to really worry about as Braves fans. Uh, but uh, it, it's from FSU Brad, and he asked, if, uh, if the Braves go into the tax, are there other ramifications other than financial? In other words, loss of draft picks, international spending, and et cetera. Uh, And I had to look this up because I wasn't 100 percent sure. Um, But basically, it kind of works like uh, the first year, if you're over the tax, it's a 20 percent tax on all overages. Second is 30 percent. Third consecutive year, it goes up to 50 percent. That's why you see a lot of teams that will be in the tax for two straight years and then they'll cut payroll and uh you know which is an interesting thing to think about you know in terms of uh of turns of the braves and the braves roster and uh all these uh all these uh extensions start when these extensions start to kick in but um uh, you know when you look at uh there is a way that you can lose a draft pick um and it's being 40 or more over the threshold um but for the most part, it's, it's financial. And I don't think it's something that, you know, you really need to worry about at this point, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they make a splash sign and, and, and that thing really jumps up there as, uh, as all these other contracts start to start to, uh, you know, play out, it it will be something that we may have to track, you know, uh, down the road. Um, but, uh, uh, was it, is there any other, uh, luxury tax things that, uh, that I'm I'm skipping over no, here that you're think, aware of.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I, I will say I, I've it's it is very funny to me how big a deal gets made of the luxury tax because like you said, it's the first year you go over it's whatever you go over, that gets taxed at twenty percent. So let's say you have you know, I think the luxury tax threshold next year is two hundred and thirty three million dollars. That's the first that's the first threshold. Well, let's say let's say you go let's say you go over that Correct. by twenty yep. million. Let's say you have a $250 million payroll and you go over that. So you you're $20 million over the tax. Well, if that gets taxed at 20%, then you you're paying $4 million in tax on a $250 million payroll. Like I just don't I've never understood why it's it's treated as such a big deal. Because it, it's it ends up being a very, very small amount of money. I mean, if you have a $250 million payroll. Is a fill is a four million dollar tax bill really all that significant? I mean, I, 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 it's just funny to me how it's talked about and and the actual outcome of the money and what it ends up being. But listen, if the Braves, if we, if we have to have this conversation, like what what the Braves' implications are for for going over the tax, then that means things are going very well in the off season. So, um, I'm I'm all about talking about it.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, it's good to be back with you. I uh, appreciated uh, the break. Break was good. Uh, you know we appreciate all the feedback we got during the season, regular season, all the listeners. Uh, you know I know. Uh, hopefully we won't have an extended break like this. We're planning on it being pretty much weekly here on. We may skip a one every now and then, but uh, you know we're gonna keep this keep this going right through the off season. And luckily there's no lockout to worry about this year. We should have a normal, much more normal baseball off season. Uh, so yep. you know should be fun um, that's
0: that's a very underrated part it's just we don't have to worry about anything crazy just a normal offseason of of trades and you know free agents so I'm um, I love the off season. I love this time of year it's one of my favorite times of year considering there's no baseball so um, but uh, yeah it'll be fun and make sure to check out the site check out the whole network obviously they have got the main show with Brad and Scott and Eric and Road to Atlanta with Eric and the Daily Hammer with Sean. So we've got a lot of content, and the content does not stop when the season does. We, we keep going, going. So make sure to follow, subscribe, and, uh, yeah, we appreciate it.